All right, everybody, this is John, and I'm going to hit on a topic that, you know, maybe you've not considered or you've not heard somebody speak to this before. I'm going to talk about mega grace, what I'm calling mega grace. And I'm going to bring some distinction between that and what has been dealt with by myself and many others, uh, hyper grace or false grace or what I like to call unbiblical grace. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that they, they try to capitalize on that term hyper grace and, and almost in a snarky way, they kind of run with that. And it's this idea of, yeah, it's hyper grace. And, and because it's a, it's a hyper revelation of, of the goodness of God and the grace of God. And, and so they try to, they try, try to put some positive twist on that term hyper grace. I believe they're going to try to do the same thing with the term mega grace, give it a positive twist, but it is not positive. It's a negative issue. It's a serious issue. Um, first of all, let me start by saying this. I believe that the church right now, especially in America, is in a very sobering and volatile position. It's at risk. And because of the lack of revival in the land. And we need to understand, everybody, that, you know, I'm hearing about revival is here. And I, and I agree that there might be some pockets. In fact, I read a news uh, or glanced over a news story of, of revival is happening in a specific church, like a legitimate move of God. And, uh, right now, I'm not even sure where that is. But I, but I hear about things like that. And that's amazing. I, I believe in that. But in terms of whole scale uh, or full-scale wholesale revival in the land, we're definitely not seeing it. And I, I ask those who are telling me that it's here, what in the world are you seeing? Or even a better question is, is this really what you think revival is? Really, that's pretty sad because I believe a, a, a revival in the, in the land is going to be something that is beyond description. And right now we're definitely not seeing that, but but let's let's deal with this issue of what I call mega grace. And there are people out there right now, and this is what this is the danger, this is the issue, this is the problem. And they are working overtime trying to sell their ideology, their philosophy, their theology that that we don't have to quote unquote work for our salvation or we don't have to strive or we don't or we don't have to or we can relax and we can chill out it's all good all of our sins are forgiven um, it was all done at the cross and all of this and and of course there's so much uh, uh, truth if we were to unpack that stuff there's truth involved in that but there's also issues involved in that because I see these people and pastors and so many who they are not talking about the issue of repentance and they're not talking about the issue of hell and eternity and sin and and they in fact they're pretty hardcore in rejecting the idea of dealing with sin they say we don't need to be sin conscious and all of that has been dealt with and 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 it just it it sickens my spirit and I'm like what in the world are you do you really believe that this is the epitome of what you're going for in God and consider this why is it when legitimate revivals break out I think of Brownsville that suddenly there's a move of God and everybody is rushing to the altar and pastors rushing to the altar, wailing, broken, crying, hitting their face, just writhing on the floor, 
trembling, repenting. Why is it that in the, in the midst of revival that that's the reaction, that's the response, that's what we see. But outside of revival, it's people setting up arguments that everything's good, everything's fine. It's no big deal, it's not an issue, it's all taken care of. And they go on with their nice little Christian life. Why is it on one side of revival where revival is not happening that people are cavalier and they're casual and they're unconcerned and there's no issue. But then when God shows up, when he, when he tangibly visits, why is it that people are struck by the fear of the Lord? What's going on? You see, hyper-grace people have this belief system that's fully unbiblical. In fact, you can't find it anywhere in Scripture. That all of our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. You're not going to find it in Scripture anywhere. It's not there. Yet that's what they hang their hat on. That's the core belief system, that it's all good. In fact, you have those who subscribe to eternal security and for them it's all good it's no big deal sin is no big deal it's not an issue it's not an indicator of position in Christ whatsoever and and so we have those that are that, that are living that way yet when revival hits they're struck by the fear and the shock and the awe of God. What is going on? What's happening? What's, what's the issue? <laughs> so, mega grace. Mega grace. I believe hyper grace easily leads people to hell. I believe mega grace is a little more difficult to deal with because there are many, many mega grace churches out there. Many movements, entire movements are driven by this idea of mega grace. And these are people, these are, it's a belief system that can be largely supported in scripture. It's, it, they, they hold on to a, to a revelation of the grace of God. But the problem is, and this is a big problem, it's not a small problem, it's a big problem is that while they are majoring on truth, and of course, nobody has 100% um, perfection in their analysis and application of truth, but the absolutes of scripture, they got it. The, the, even some key revelations, they've got it. They've got it uh, uh, regarding grace. But the problem is, is they run in that stream, they flow in that stream, and they reject or they ignore or they minimize other phenomenally important truths of the word. So you're not gonna hear them talking much about sin at all. They're gonna reject this idea of sin consciousness. Many of them definitely will subscribe to some hyper grace or false grace ideas and you'll hear them say that, that their sins are forgiven past, present, and future. Yet, yet they don't go as far as many that are into false grace. And they do have 
they do they do desire to please God and they they do under they do have an understanding of eternity uh, that's that's more in line with scripture and and but you know and but they they have this revelation of of the grace of God and so much of it is good but again they leave behind the issue the issues of hell they leave behind the issues of repentance the fear of the Lord you know anything negative a lot of these folks that are mega grace people are uh, partial preterists in terms of their eschatology. Um, you know, they believe the world is getting better and better. You'll hear people, you'll, you know, you'll hear them say God is always in a good mood. You'll hear these things. There's, there's massive movements out there that embrace this kind of an idea. And while there is some truth, and while there is, they, they have some impact, and you know, and a lot of them major on, on intimacy with Jesus, which which is one of one of the most important messages for me. And they're they're huge, you know, into intimacy, and you're going to find them just soaking in the presence of the Lord, and you know, which I, that's good, enjoying Jesus and. And, and developing that closeness and that relationship, that intimacy with Him, and so they're going to focus intently on that. They're going to they're going to move into this this kind of uh, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Really, just this intimate uh, connection with Jesus, where they are uh, fully convinced, uh, or, or they are no. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be fully convinced till we get there, get to heaven someday. But they are radically convinced, you know, of God's love. You know, but they they would believe, you know, they, they like to, you know, use the scripture that it's the kindness of God that lead, leads people to repentance. And so in terms of evangelism, uh, it's, you know, they're going to get into, uh, uh, you know, prophesying the goodness of God and how much God loves people. And, and uh, you know, they're, but they're not going to deal with the issues of hell. They're not going to deal with the issues of eternity. They're not going to deal really with repentance. They're not going to. And I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. <coughs> and so it's an issue. It's a major issue. And though the people like David Wilkerson and, uh, you know, I think of Nathan Morris today or Leonard Ravenhill or, or uh, you know, John Kilpatrick and, you know, a lot of these people that are, you know, Steve Hill when he was here and, you know these people that are that are just prophetic, and they 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 understand the fear of the Lord, and they understand the severity of God. And these people are aggressively rejected by many of the people that are in the mega grace camp. And again, there's so much scary overlap between mega grace and hyper grace that I believe. That it's much easier to, for, for a mega grace person to slip further and to move into hyper grace and ultimately into universalism even than it is for them outside of a genuine move of God to move from mega grace into authentic orthodox Christianity. I believe it's I believe believe it's extremely dangerous. And so so mega grace people I believe that they're in danger. The message that they are delivering is part truth, but it is light years away from presenting the full counsel of Scripture. 
and it's a big deal and it's a big problem and there, there's there's millions of people that are drawn to this mega grace movement this mega grace idea and it's dangerous it's especially dangerous because it doesn't go as far as hyper grace it's not something that we can easily just label as heretical or or you know uh, red flags are just flying nonstop around the clock there are mega grace churches that if you were to visit those churches that they're going to work they're going to worship they love Jesus they they love that intimacy thing but the fear of the lord the 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 terror of the lord the issues of hell eternity repentance sin all of those issues that are core issues to Christianity are minimized, rejected, not talked about, even many times spoken or taught against. So when it, so so this mega grace idea, folks, you got to be careful. You got to use wisdom because it's a serious issue. You know, I I think back to uh, you know, you can always look back historically. And there was a season of my life and there was a, and I was leading a church and there was a phenomenal, to this day, a phenomenal young lady. And one of the, one of the greatest lovers of God I've ever met in my life. Amazing. And, and, and legit and authentic and real. Yet I didn't realize that she and and not only her but others kind of in her sphere of influence were buying into what I now call mega grace. I didn't I didn't I didn't see it. I should have seen it. I didn't see it. You know, someone else came up to me and was promoting partial preterism and I'm thinking he's crazy. And over time, I saw how this created issues and schisms and, you know, and I remember one time that we, we all went to one of the greatest, and I've been to several phenomenal movies of God and meetings and things like that, one, one of the greatest, uh, John Kilpatrick, Nathan Morris event, and the, 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 the orthodox, historic, baseline foundational gospel message was preached and the issue of hell was dealt with and the issue of sin and and the issue of apathy or being a casual Christian and all this was hit hit on and the move of God after that I mean the lightning of God was flowing through me as I was praying for people at the altar I mean insanity and I was I wasn't speaking there I was just there serving and praying for people and just because of what God was doing there it was just like Wow. And in my mind, I'm like, there's nobody that could ever deny that God was moving here today. I'm thinking the, 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 the most devoted atheist, the, the hardest criminal, the most tripped out addict couldn't deny that God was moving today. Yet I, I heard from a few people in the same sphere of influence, the same circle, that they absolutely rejected what happened in that meeting. Orthodox, historic, Bible message. And in fact, the comment was made that they do not know that God. 
they don't know that God. You got to grab this. Again, these are, these are, I, I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. Phenoms, amazing, legit, incredible, incredible people that I ran with. Yet I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Is it possible that they, that this group of people is actually more into hyper grace and false grace? You know, possibly, I don't know. Definitely mega grace. And they ended up, you know, leaving the church and all that kind of stuff. And it's all, you know, and it's, it's all cool now. And they came back and we had a great little meeting and so sorry it had to happen that way. And so it's, I mean, legit people and people with integrity, people that, I mean, amazing. Yet seduced by mega grace. And so I, I, I would love to know what your take is on this. You get again some of the some of the signals that someone's in a mega grace. Let's say you know God's in a good mood all the time, and 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 uh, you know they might borrow that hyper grace idea that our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, and um, you know they don't focus on the negative, and you know prophecy is always positive, and you know and you know God's you know um, you, you know they focus on the in, on intimacy and. You know, the issue of sel- uh, sin and hell and not an issue. You know, and I, and I wonder, especially after that meeting that I just discla- uh, just uh, described and kind of explained what happened, how would the Mega Grace Camp respond to a genuine move of God? Would they not rush to the altar trembling in the fear of the Lord? See, this is scary. Would they sit back, smug, saying that it's all been done, it's all good, there's no issues? I think a lot of them would. So this issue of mega grace, guys, is a big deal. Big issue, big problem. And I'm going to write on it. I'm going to try to get, get my thoughts together. Right now, this is off the cuff, of course. Excited. I'm almost at the airport heading out to West Virginia to speak at this prayer and revival conference can't wait I'm gonna be staying in the middle of nowhere I think at some state park in a cabin or something no cell phone signal kind of a thing so we'll see what happens there but uh, I just thought I'd get on and talk with you all a little bit on my on my drive to the airport about this issue of what I'm calling mega grace again mega grace can't say that they're fully heretical. You can't say that they have they have discovered some t- powerful truths of Scripture, yet they have also discounted or dismissed or ignored critical truths of Scripture that, in their mind, are contrary to their core belief system. All right, so leave some comments. Talk to me. What do you think? And uh, talk to you next time.